Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, beautiful humans. I, this is fucking weird. It's like deja vu. It's like I manifested this in myself. But this is a double intro because I then had to record the intro to this episode again on my phone from my laptop yesterday because the stupid program <coughs> soundtrack by Spotify didn't doesn't work. It didn't mix my episode, so I couldn't download it and therefore couldn't upload it. So this is your first part of the intro, and now please enjoy the second part of the intro for episode forty of Conversation. Hi, beautiful humans. I said that once before. And it sounded really odd. You know when you say a word too much and it starts to sound (laughs) not like a word anymore? Oh, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Carry on. Welcome to episode 40 of Croversation. Friends, it's not right to have favourites. But as a personal favourite and a personal just expansion of my knowledge... This episode is right up there. Damn. My guest this week is... Oh, my God. She she is going to go places. Absolutely. She is so knowledgeable. She's clued up. She's rational. She is so great at explaining things. She just has a way with words. She's engaging. Look, look at me gushing. Here I am. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that this episode, you will not be able to tear yourself away. And for good reason. It's an incredibly unique episode. My guest this week is the amazing Ramona Flo. She's a performer. She is a sight-impaired human being. She has albinism, which we learn all about in this episode and it's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, but that does come with some trigger warnings. So if you are sensitive towards violence and discrimination towards people with disabilities, um, mentions of race, um, then please be warned that they do occur in this episode. But for good reason. Ah, oh, God damn. I'm literally not going to talk anymore because you need to focus on the episode. It's, it's the only thing that's important right now. So, make sure you've got a good hour of your time and a good attention span. Don't fall asleep to this one, friends. And please let me know what you think as well. Of course, always, always find me on the internet anywhere except Instagram at 
Cats and Crows, K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. And then you can find me on Instagram at Riots and Crows, which is what's going to happen in the UK soon. <laughs> R-I-O-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. There will be no more further speaking of politics today because... That was me gesturing to everything. <laughs> Friends, please give me some feedback or leave me a rating and a review. Uh, I can't remember if I already asked that, so I'm just going to get the fuck out of here and let you enjoy my amazing guest, Ramona Flo, on episode 40. Can you believe we got here? 40 of Crovisation. When I was growing up, all my role models were male. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived, they thrive. But still, women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media, not treated equally online, and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is Crovisation. Road noise. Oh, oh, that's a good point. I literally heard someone drilling outside my window earlier trying to do that. Oh, I saw them not We're on a motorway currently, so. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not useful for recordings. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful for how quiet it is. But it's really weird. At my house, so I live in, I live outside London, and sometimes you can hear the motorway, and sometimes you can hear noise from the industrial estate across the river from my town. <laughs> crazy isn't noise pollution just the fucking craziest thing yeah it literally i don't know what it is it must be the wind blowing or something but fuck me but it's been really nice and quiet during lockdown how's your area been during a lockdown it's been interesting i mean i so the people that live above us um have had six house parties in the space of two weeks (gasps) um and that was when lockdown started so i'm on the nhs list i you know can't see other human beings which sucks i can't even go to the friggin shop Mm. um and they had a house party with like i don't know six people in a really tight-knit corridor and they're like up and down coughing in front of my front door oh my god Um, it's a shared space anyway yeah my partner went down to talk to them and was like you can't do this and they tried to give um him drugs to sneak (gasps) to me that I I'd like to knock me out so I wouldn't complain. And Are I was you fucking like, serious? Trying to- <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, okay. Wow. It was insane. He was like, yeah, I've got like a Xanax if you want to just slip it in her drink and then she won't complain. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, um, oh my God. Enforcing toxic masculinity much. Like, here, mate, have a fucking drug. Drug your girlfriend. What it the- was lovely. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was a charming experience. I mean, I've never heard that one before. Fuck me. <laughs> it was... It was absolutely insane. And then after about the fifth time it happened, um, we put a note under their door saying, look, if you're going to continue to do this, 
you do you, but can you at least anti-back like the corridor that we all share? Right. And the girl came out of her house really drunk at 3am in the morning with a bottle of fairy liquid and a sponge and started oh. like washing up liquiding the corridor. <laughs> was it all sticky? I was like, mm. oh. oh, I mean, I appreciate the reference, but also stop having house parties. Exactly, and you're also like creating more mess by putting fairy liquid everywhere. That's yeah. not anti-packing. <laughs> no, not without the water. It's just <laughs> making everything a trip hazard, a literal trip hazard. <laughs> it's awful. So you're going to go to hospital either way or the other, virus or via broken. <laughs> Yay! I don't get done by the virus, I get done by fairy liquid. That's imagine hard. that, imagine that being <laughs> the way you go during a pandemic. <laughs> Fuck that. Ramona, for those of uh-huh. my listeners who don't know who you are, Please give yourself a brief introduction. Hello, um, I am Ramona Flo. I am a very small, curvy, plus size um, burlesque performer. I do fire, I do sex work, um, I'm a plus size model. I try and be an activist. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm an activist because I don't feel like I do enough. But no. I try everyone, to be... anyone that does activism is activist. Then we need to get rid of that hierarchy. Carry on. <laughs> Um, So I'm an activist for both sex work um, and the sex work community and then also disabilities because I am a um, LGBT and disabled um, performer. So I'm a whole bag of crazy shit. You're in a whole, you've got a whole load of communities going on, haven't you girl? Oh yeah. (laughs) (gasps) How did we meet Ramona? How was it? Was it through disgrace? No, we were... I was at Facetown, um, which is a really epic night. You guys should go when this isn't yes, like all over. Um, oh yeah, we're, we're mid-pandemic right now. For anyone listening, oh, in exactly. Listening oh. Yeah, please don't go clubbing during a pandemic because I hate you forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you make enemies that way. Um, yeah, mm. I was in a nightclub and all my friends had left me and I'd found out that my partner at the time had been cheating on me with an underage oh. girl. Mm. Again, don't recommend that either. Um, mm. And I was absolutely distraught. And my friend, Will, who is the um, flyer for Face Down, was like, oh my God, you have to go meet these girls because they're going to look after you and then everything's going to be great again. And I was like, yeah, cool, okay. And then I met you and Crimson and within five minutes, we were in a bathroom talking about like, how empowering women were yes i remember this (laughs) we all sat down in like a little room together um and i had no like no clue who you guys were or anything that you did um and you guys were like oh yeah we run this like little thing and it's not not that big but it's really fun like totally underplayed it Um, (laughs) and then i ended up (laughs) i ended up actually going to your event i think it was like a week later and I was like, shit, they lied. This is big. <laughs> they, they were being so modest. This is fucking epic. Um, and I ended up bumping into a girl that I'd known like my whole life since I was about 10 years old. And it was, that was Talitha Frost. And it all Legend. kicked off. <laughs> it all kicked off. Um, and months later, we're going to protest as a group and um, IG doing wild protest. shows. It was sick. It was. And it now was. we're activism happily ever aftering, aren't we? Exactly, in our beds. That's so rad about Talitha, because I've had Talitha Tali- on my podcast. <laughs> but I didn't know you guys had known each other since you were young. What's the oh, yeah. So, oh, that's complicated. So 
we used to be part of the same ish friendship group when we were about 10 years old t's actually got a picture of me and her at a bowling party when we were kids looking real grumpy together um <laughs> like it's the cutest thing and we were really good friends but then we ended up going to different schools so we became really distant but we still kind of knew each other distantly for a while um my mum ended up being her teacher oh my god <laughs> at school for ages um and yeah we suddenly lost touch even though we lived five roads away from each other um Whoa. our whole lives like literally five roads so um, close. like your, and, your lives are like intertwining exactly and from there we completely lost touch and then I was at a disgrace event I bumped into her and I was like excuse me Dude. I, I know I know is you <laughs> you you was my friend um and then we got back into contact and she's literally like my weird sister it's really she's creepy awesome. oh my <laughs> he is honestly she was one of the hardest I would say the most hard hard working physically member of disgrace do you know how she she joined disgrace you, maybe you were there when she had her audition i know she auditioned i've seen clips she um, came to all of our events every single one even the crazy ones we threw that were kind of borderline i'm not sure if this is a legal event in dodgy <laughs> sketchy places and t was at every single one she danced all night all the way to the end and she didn't even drink so no, that's the thing so she and t both don't drink indeed you don't drink either i remember yeah Mm. so that's something that we kind of bond on because we so we have a no drinking policy in our company where like we we're cool with you having a drink afterwards we're cool with you partying afterwards but like you are your best self when you're sober and your I mind agree. is calm and you know what you're doing if you're so, doing risky stuff as well i agree pyrohex when oh, i pyrohex exactly the same it, it, it nullifies your assurance too it's like come on we've raised the standard of the industry <laughs> to this point let's keep it nice so true so true ramona but tell me more I'm... about scarlet yeah oh um scarlet's like my baby um i am stupidly overprotective of scarlet in every possible <laughs> way um so scarlet is a company that i originally started because oh god this is all good i went to a, a disgrace event with a friend of mine who had never seen burlesque in her life never seen a sex worker in person in her life never seen anything gothic in her life um and we both went to a disgrace event and this was like my seventh and we were talking to everyone there we were saying how great it was and a lot of people were saying like this is really out of the way for me or i can't get to it easily or it's an amazing event but it's just not practical and we mm. were like oh we want to we want to do something more local and it started off with something really small and we were thinking it would be just like a few pubs in the local area and you know it wouldn't be that big because we love disgrace and like disgrace was our second home so we didn't want to create something that go and clash with disgrace we wanted mm. something that was like it's nice to all come together and stuff yeah i understand exactly so um we created scarlet literally one night while she was drunk and i was drinking coca-cola and <laughs> it was very difficult because she didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And we did a few shows. I think we did Face Down, which was really fun. And we actually got loads of backlash from that show. Um, mm. We got 
like fat shamed online we got loads of online hate from it and it was like a really bizarre um thing to happen and we were all like this is the end we're never gonna do it again oh my god everyone hates us like the world's coming to an end um fucked up man (laughs) which is you know why people want to do that the people that have the alternative community as well especially a world that preaches difference and preaches tolerance exactly Um, they are actually delusioned into thinking that because of that we're above things like body shaming racism sexism but they're actually worse for it because they refuse to confront it they've refused to even oh god yeah yeah it's fucked up it's bizarre and you know we thought that was going to be the end of it um and talitha came up to me afterwards and was like I want to help you with this. I want to, I want to take this somewhere because I really enjoy working with you. And I brought her on as my second in command and now my stage wife. And we've built it into this weird monster of a show. (laughs) 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 No one seems to be able to kill. Um, And then obviously Disgrace um, sadly came to a stop. We did. um, In a really year and a half. Oh, that's mad. That's crazy, really mad thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, that's scary. <laughs> and we thought, you know, there's a, there's an opening in the market where disgrace is going to leave a hole where a lot of people felt safe and a lot of people yeah. felt we felt bad and attracting that feminist kind of safe space. Exactly. I was so hopeful. Like, that where are these carried on? where are these people going to go? You know, there's, there's not a lot of other places that have that support network or people can go and wear their little cute outfits or people can go and party and not feel like attacked. And mm. we wanted to that back in a different way. And obviously Disgrace's whole thing was we're a women run group, mm. which is phenomenal. But for us, it's more, we're a minority run group. Yeah. So we're taking it from a different standpoint because you guys opened it. so many doors. We smashed it off. That's all we wanted to do. I was like, Amen. it's never been done. I can't believe there's not a, uh, even a minority run club night, not even like slightly alternative alternative club night. All alternative club yeah. nights are the same. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Snore. But now, look at it. It's gorgeous. You Look at you guys. Exactly. Like music doesn't make a vibe that people do. Yeah. And I think people change the music of a nightclub and they automatically think it's going to change what it is and it, it doesn't it's true it's true people are people section themselves out still like that a lot don't they i i love i love that the alternative again the alternative community is like that but they are they are a little close off to new things <laughs> i think <laughs> yup they don't like change they like their little emo ways and I'll stay in them forever. Yes, absolutely. But we need to we need to kind of open stuff up like that, don't we? So oh let's God. talk about let's talk about your activism, Ramona. Talk about because you are an mm-hmm. activist in so many ways. I've had so many <laughs> people a, people advocate for things on this podcast and you mm-hmm. just just by existing are an incredible activist. <laughs> so tell me about that. Um, so I'm an activist uh, English. Um, I'm an activist for loads of things. Um, I'm not going to bang on about sex work because we have too many amazing people speaking about it at the moment. We know, um, we know. although it's important. It is important. Look it up. Look up. It's not important. Look up Decrim Now Swarm Hardship Fund. Um, the East London Super Collective Hardship Fund. Done. Carry on. That's yes. Yes. Do that. There you go. Today. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I am the biggest um, activist for my disability, which is albinism. Um, 
it's sad that when I say that, not a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about. Um, most people are common with the term albino or albino, um, which saddens me so much. And I'll get into that in a minute. So I was born with oculotaneous albinism, which is one of two strands of albinism, which means I was born with zero pigmentation in my body. And pigmentation is the thing that gives you color in your skin and your hair. Um, I have none in my eyes, my skin, my hair, nothing. Um, I was also born with over seven types of eye conditions um, and that the backs of my eyes actually are not formed properly. So I use a blind cane in my daily life. I'm meant to have a guide dog, but I'm allergic to dogs. Sad. Um, <laughs> but it's, I know, right? <laughs> um, it's something that I've had since birth. It's not going to go away. It could possibly get worse. We don't know. Um, but there are so many stereotypes about this disability and there are so many really really nasty and dangerous things out there that people think are true um and i don't think people really understand the gravity of of the disability and how much it affects people or also how it's seen in other countries i mean for example i wasn't actually allowed to go on a school trip when i was in the first year of sixth form um because it was a trip to tanzania and tanzania is the um main center for albinism murderings so if i was to go my teachers would have had to take armed guards mm. i would have had 24-hour protection i wouldn't have been able to be on my own um they have specialized facilities in tanzania where people with the condition have to go and live with like barbed wire and like like a prison um wow. because we're believed to like that if you eat us in certain ways or kill us in certain ways, trigger warning, sorry, um, that, you know, we can cure HIV or we can cure AIDS or we can cure like heart disease or all that type of stuff. Um, and we're worth a lot of money. <laughs> Damn, dude. I that's weird. Anyone with a, it, um, it's, it's bizarre. Um, and, you know, people think that stereotypes like, everyone with a disability has red eyes, which is not true. Please Google it. <laughs> I've had people get in my inbox and say, you're, you haven't got albinism. Did a doctor tell you this? You don't have red eyes. And I'm like, why would I, why would I make up a disability for attention? This sucks, man. <laughs> unsolicited advice on something that's not even advisable. It's, oh, it's insane. I, you know, I have people ask me to do porn because they have a fetish for the disability. I have people see me as like a, you know, a, a tick list. It's, I want to sleep with someone that has dwarfism, albinism, blind, um, all that jazz. And it, it's a really weird thing because in a way it's like, it's a gift. So I have this weird niche that other people don't have that I can, I can use to my advantage, but then it's, am I then objectifying myself to being just this disability and not having a personality or a person? So, I mean, that's another thing. The term an albino or that person's an albino to me is really offensive because it's the equivalent of saying something like she's a blind or she's a Down syndrome or she's a wheelchair. Yeah. No one says those terms because it makes that person seem like they're just that thing. Like they're not just a, a a wheelchair they're not just like a blind stick they're mm. a person 
So I always say I have albinism rather than I'm albino. I understand that. I'd never actually considered it with the word albino before, but that makes total sense. I, I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have much experience, Ramona, speaking to other people with albinism? <laughs> oh my god, all the time. So yeah. there is an amazing, amazing charity out there. Um, please Google them. They're called Victor. Um, V-I-C-T-A. They are an incredible charity that help children with disabilities, especially vision. Um, and I have been part of them as a child. And then as I grew up, I started volunteering with them and they take families for like weekends away so that the parents get support as well as the kids. And I've had, God knows how many like children come up to me because they don't believe I have the condition because I hide it so well. And they say they want to be like me when I'm older. I've had parents, I had one mum cry to me once because she was saying like, I thought my child would spend the rest of their life getting bullied or thinking they couldn't do certain things or thinking that they were really limited. And it's, it's horrific because, you know, a lot of people with disabilities are told they have equal opportunity and they can do all this and they can do that. And if you see someone with that disability, you know, you're more inclined to support them and help them. But a lot of people with albinism, they don't get that. They just get, people laughing at them or people making a joke about them or like there was a really famous um meme that went around that was every um oh was albino jokes are really funny unless it's the albino and that went around like everywhere Mm. so it's uh, it's a really weird thing that it's almost like does it come under disability or does it come under a racial stigma because it's about color and skin color you know, yeah, I've had people, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. I've had white privilege my whole life, which is bizarre because I'm not white. So mm. my parents are olive skinned, and I've had that white privilege my entire life. So people just assume that I am a white British person. They don't mm. think I'm Maltese. So I've benefited this whole world of you know having white skin and people coming up to me and going your hair's beautiful your skin's beautiful um and treated me and I'm full well knowing that if I looked differently they wouldn't be treating me this way so that must be a really interesting perspective especially growing up and seeing how people treated your parents differently oh yeah 100% I mean my my younger sister is stupidly slim and tall and dark brown hair and dark skin um she looks like she just walked out of like a beach (sighs) catalogue and then there's me looking adopted as heck like in the middle of this family um and you know my mum used to get all the questions of when did you adopt is she yours did you cheat um like all all the all these really personal questions that you shouldn't want to ask someone it's, it's way way too personal right yeah i mean just like the whole world of having this condition has really weird personal questions i've had classmates at university call me up at three o'clock in the morning and ask me what color my pubes are i've what? had people touch yeah i've had people touch my hair i've had people lift my arm to see my armpit hair i've had people take off my glasses to stare at my eyes like people don't have a sense of respect or what's personal and that just blows my mind <laughs> it's really like, fucked it up really really does yeah it's almost as if because you 
provide them with something that they've never engaged with before they have full rights to just have rights over you and, and not even consider yeah. you as a human being what is it about the human psyche where if we if we've never experienced a person that looks the way they do before we assume they're not a person exactly it's you know it's it's a topic that talitha speaks about as well when um she was talking about people touching her hair mm. and people going oh it's a big like fluffy afro i want to touch it it's the exact same premise it's a knowledge thing it's an understanding thing mm. and I am the biggest advocate in the world that knowledge is power. I agree. You are learning at every stage, whether it's like your personality, whether it's life, whether it's performance, whether it's your job, whether it's family, anything you're still learning. And I have no issue in the world with someone asking me a question, even if it's a little bit personal and I'll answer it truthfully. I'll, I'll want to teach people and help them understand. But there is a limit between wanting to learn and understand and being a dick <laughs> yeah there's a 100%. Fine i was line. reading about this today there's a term called sea lining have you heard of it mm -hmm. it comes from a cartoon from the 2000s and it's about basically someone who's asking questions or like trying to debate with a person or seeming to be asking questions interestedly but actually they're just trolling you because they're not going to take on board anything you say they're just but being oh over polite and then therefore they win the debate by being like, oh, I'm being really polite and you've started ignoring me, therefore I've won this debate. It's a bizarre That's form of trolling. Insane. I know, it's really, really, I learned about it today. So yeah, people with their questions, they don't always have the good intentions behind them. You know, people that want to genuinely I'm not learn, questioning because there are many like interactions I've had. <laughs> Same, likewise, because I've explained feminism to so many people, but have I just been like taken ridicule for? Like, it's outrageous and it's, it's fucked oh. up. Mm -hmm. That really makes you think. Oh my god! It like, does. So it's so what? important to kind of conserve <laughs> your energy and judge. But it's so hard to judge who's genuinely interested, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a difficult thing because I also know so many people. I know so many people with my my disability, and none of them want to speak up, mm. or none of them feel like they can. I mean, this was proven recently. Um, for those that don't know, I had. An Instagram account. It didn't have that many followers, but it meant a lot to me. It's how I made my money. It's yeah, it's my thing. It's, it's my baby. It's my you world. made that. You made it's that. My little baby. My little baby. Um, and it got taken down because uh, there has been a trend over the last seven years of um, how to do your makeup like an albino, or how to dress up as an albino for Halloween. Or which, uh, believe it or not, Google it. It's there. There are tutorials wow. on how to be an albino for Halloween. Awful. My favourite. Um, uh, like, would you blackface for Halloween? Would you dress up as someone with Down syndrome for Absolutely Halloween? Absolutely, no one. No, right? So, what? Um, what the fuck, and I, I, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna say her name because I wish absolutely no hate on this person. You should never, ever, ever send hate. Um, but she represents a very, very well-known company in the makeup industry. Mm. Um, she put up a tutorial on uh, doing makeup as if you were an albino rat, which to us, uh, yes, I understand that the animal can have the disability and very commonly does, um, but it is a comparison that we have on the daily from people yeah. calling us white rats and albino rats. And like, I've had that thousands of times so to us it, it it just really hits a really nasty note um and i put a little comment on there just saying you know it's a beautiful look i really appreciate you know the time and the 
the skill that went into this but it can it, it isn't sitting right with me as someone with a disability and I got thousands of hate messages and nasty messages telling me that I wasn't disabled that I didn't have the condition oh. that I'm there was nothing wrong with it that I was just being this that nasty um and then I put up a short paragraph not referencing the situation just saying hey I'm disabled this is my disability and Instagram took my page down and then when I asked why that's the post they sent me so I just had a bombardment of um reports not even on my sex work <laughs> Not even on a single picture of my booty. My booty was fine. My teeth were fine. It was just a paragraph saying I was disabled. And that, you know, was my last job, both with Instagram and with (laughs) with the makeup world. Mm. I'm not stepping into that makeup guru craziness. Mm. It's it's toxic as heck. It does seem it, yeah. Yeah. It's... You know, it's just another form of people not being educated and a mixture of education and trolling and this weird internet world that we live in where everyone feels like they can say whatever they want just because they're behind a screen. Yeah. You know, if this was in real life, none of them would have an argument. So, no, if somebody had that argument in a bar, then they would 100%, they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't engage in it. I find it so paradox, like a paradox that people are posting these insensitive, uneducated things on the internet when they literally are on the internet, which is a wealth of knowledge. People can just <laughs> Google whether something's offensive. Exactly. I use Google all the Google time to stuff. check my language, check my privilege, be like, oh, wait, have I just assumed that that doesn't exist or assume that most people have it that way? And it's so important for humans to realize their experience is not universal. And it seems exactly. that the, the alcoholism community really really doesn't have does it have any like well-known spokespeople that you would say or would you say that it lacks that oh we have none i mean we have yeah you know as a community there are a few people that are in the in the spotlight um there's quite a few people now going into modeling and um television and all that jazz i mean mm. i'm as, as far as anyone knows i am the only um burlesque performer in the world that has the condition which is like a big statement Mm. um but there's some people kind of coming out of the woodwork but even then it seems to be such a controversial topic that so many people feel like they have a strong opinion about even though they either don't know about the condition or you know again does it cross into race or does it cross into like um a disability or Mm. it's a really really strange one and I mean, there's something called the Albinism Fellowship, which is an amazing, amazing group who um, bring the world's community of people with albinism together of every age. They do workshops with parents. They do workshops with children. um, They teach and they educate. And it's stuff like that that kind of gives us a voice within our community, but it's just getting that voice outside of the community. That's a difficult thing. I mean, I posted something the other day saying, you know just have a little thought about all the people that can't go outside right now because even though everyone's going oh it's quarantine I can still put my legs out the window and I can still sunbathe in my garden and I can still go to the park like I can't do that even with sun cream even with a hat even with clothing I still cannot go outside right now really so unsafe yeah so every year my whole life when it gets to hot summer I'm stuck indoors and it doesn't matter what I do I have to be inside and 
it's That's like crazy, a mini quarantine every year. Yeah. So I'm like, just think about it. <laughs> I was about to ask you because that's something that I would never have even like thought about considered before I guess because I suppose I've never thought to ask or I've never experienced that problem (laughs) obviously it's a level of privilege what are some things that you wish the world knew about albinism like just some really really facts that would be like you have no idea this but this happens to me or this has happened oh I got them up my sleeve so um People with albinism do not have red eyes. It can happen. It is super, super, super rare. Um, Almost everyone with the condition has blue eyes. So Mm. the reason why the eye appears red is not the colouring. It's the iris itself is see-through. So what you see that's red is actually the blood in the eye. So you're looking directly at like blood and muscle. That's why it's red. So if you put like a torch on my eye, then Mm. it will go red. Because it goes, it's very, very thin. Um sun cream so we all have um prescribed sun cream from a doctor that is i think it's 90 yeah factor 90 and that's still not enough so we cannot go outside if it's too hot we cannot you know put on a jacket sun cream and a hat and call it a day that ain't gonna do shit (laughs) um what else we as a community um are actually a lot larger than you think. It's one in eight people are born with a condition if both parents have the gene, which is actually really, really common. Um, Amazing. I didn't know that. There are actually blind schools um, all around the country that most people with albinism end up going to, and it's why you don't really see them in mainstream schools. A lot of the time, um, people with the condition are homeschooled or do end up going to a blind school. I think Worcester School for the Blind um, is one that quite a few of my friends go to. Mm. Um, it's, it's so many weird things about the condition. God damn it. <laughs> um, hair. Not everyone has um, white hair. A lot of people have ginger hair. Um, this can be because of their ethnic background. So mm. um, I went to school with three children who had the condition who um, all came from an Indian background. So all of their hair was this bright orange. Mm. Um, so it's not always noticeable just saying like you don't you don't have the condition because you don't look like this doesn't make a lot of sense because there's so many different variations um vision so i do makeup every single day thank you (laughs) um and everyone says like oh you can't be blind because you do makeup how can you do that um, they do not know that I went to six years of blind makeup classes and that I used to have to put braille on all of my makeup and that all my brushes had braille on them and that it took me years and years and years to do everything tactile with my fingers and learn. Um, I can't see anything past like my hand if I hold it against my nose. Even then there's no detail. So everything I do has been learned and has been taught to my to me so that I can cope better so again if someone says I'm visually impaired and you see them like making a cup of coffee like it's no one's business yeah don't be like you ain't blind you're making a cup of coffee just fine like honey you, you never know 10 million what's times going on yeah <laughs> how <laughs> many things any invisible illness. right exactly how many people must do things on autopilot every day and then they just don't even consider the fact that people 
have managed to get through their lives and they've developed ways to live their lives as normally as possible because the world is not friendly towards disabilities let's mm-hmm. face it oh god no my whole life it's been you know having a teacher next to me reading a board every piece of equipment i've ever owned from kitchen knives to calculators to books um have had to be enlarged or specially made or you know even doing exams as a kid if I had a diagram in a maths exam Mm. it had to be on lifted paper and it had to be 3d so I could feel it like every little thing in your life that you take for granted like sitting an exam or cooking a meal or going outside to the shop like I can't read packaging I can't read signs I can't read like is the shop closed I don't know (laughs) so (laughs) I could just be knocking on the shop door for four days like (laughs) it's things like that that people don't notice i mean like i'm a fire performer that scares a lot of people um but with my insurance and myself i i don't do certain tricks so i don't fire breathe mm. and i don't fire breathe for a reason because mm-hmm. i it's stupid as heck <laughs> for me to try and fire breathe not being able to see that's to a judge, dumb thing to, to judge do. a distance to the ceiling it would be a bit tricky i can i can see why exactly <laughs> so there's certain things i limit myself to because I know that it's not safe for me and I know it's not safe for others, but I still know that there's some things I can do and there's some things that I can teach myself to do. So a lot of people, you know, don't judge people from what you see until right. you know when you've learned and you've spoken to people and that's for everything. Yeah. That's for absolutely everything. Yeah, people just assume if they couldn't do it with their eyes closed that a, a, bl- a person with blindness probably couldn't do it you know like it's just it's it's yeah. again that universal experience of humans being like well i couldn't do it therefore you can't no honey people manage to get through the world and, <laughs> and i think what you said earlier about the schooling being separate is definitely a huge yeah. factor in people being uneducated because people just don't see um mm-hmm. people with disabilities getting on with their daily lives and and if they do it's yeah. at a later time where they've managed as you say to have created a life that works for them and, and it works seamlessly for them so people don't yeah. see all the extra effort that goes in. They don't. Honestly, I, you know what, I recommend um, volunteering with a charity, especially things like RNIB and Victor um, and all those types of things, because you will be able to see how people with a disability live mm. and you'll be able to help. And, you know, these families can't go on normal vacations because it's not adaptable for their children or they don't have the time because they're working to look after their children's equipment or paying for their children's equipment and it on it made such a difference to me and my mum when I was a child and it made such a difference to so many other families it, it's absolutely insane and mm. it's the equivalent of going to like any type of shelter or community or or charity and just doing that couple of three hours but like you get a free holiday out of it you're still doing fun things on this holiday so it's yeah. not like you're just doing all work you get to <laughs> oh, rock climbing you don't all really oh my god sign me up yeah <laughs> it's so fun you so get a fun. Fun free weekend it's it's so so fun i oh love it so ramona much, but... take me let's go and do one together i love adventure holidays yes yes please I'm they're in. so fun and they're in, in the, like the woods oh nature and you get to do, like kayaking ah. and uh, it's so amazing let's I go it. let's go um, <laughs> it's so fun me and you are both nature nerds so this yes. is that would be like the we are we were nerding um, out about plants weren't we anyway carry don't on even. don't get don't distract me with uh, plants now <laughs> <laughs> plants always come into our minds at some point 
Um, but it's, you know, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. I mean, the, the Worcester school, two mm. of my friends went. So uh, one of my best friends since birth, um, she is actually an actress. She was one of the leads in a Doctor Who episode, I think over a year ago. That's fucking um, awesome. She's completely blind. She went to that school. She trained as a performer. Um, she's gone out and done stuff. My other friend, who um, is an amazing, amazing girl, she lost both her eyes at the age of eight to cancer. Um, and she ended up going to this school and she was there from the age of 10 to 20. Um, and I visited her quite a few times. And they just have a group of children that are blind living in a house together and they have to look after each other and do everything for each other and it's the funnest cutest thing ever because they're so That's supportive so and they lovely. you know they all get each other and then watching them have a fight i like i shouldn't laugh about this but my <laughs> my friend had a fight with her boyfriend and watching her try and storm out of a room <laughs> while being guided was my favorite thing in the world and she, she <laughs> allows me to tell that story um I, oh, that's so love, beautiful and human so How, what a thing to take for granted <laughs> of, of able people to take for granted of being able to storm out of room being able to express your emotions you know in a way that, oh, God, that yeah. people would understand it's, it goes so deep within your life yeah you can't swing your arms if you're mad because you don't know if you're gonna hit someone yeah you can't storm out somewhere you can't go and find a chair to sit on like it's it's daily little things that mm. are absolutely just bizarre to me yeah um and they're things that i've put hours in i mean when i was at school i had crossing the road lessons i was taken out of school once a week to walk up and down my local roads and i had a man whistle behind me to tell me if i was doing it correctly <laughs> so wow thank you all lucky stars sighted people that you didn't have crossing the road lessons absolutely <laughs> that's, that's something i'd never even knew existed exactly neither did i until i had a man whistling behind me <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow so that those <laughs> kind of just, things they're supposed to make like that. those sorts of those sorts of things are supposed to make your life easier but mm -hmm. do you think do they think do you think that there are things <laughs> we could improve i don't know why i, I stripped up on the center so many times <laughs> what do you think could be improved about the way we bring up people with disabilities um i think that's an interesting question i mean people with disabilities are exactly the same as mm. everybody else just because my disability is physical does not mean someone doesn't have an emotional one or a mental one or you know some people don't even have a diagnosed disability but they really struggle with something and you know that's for them their thing that they have to overcome so mm. Talking about things openly, um, I am super, super loud with mine. I will walk into a room and the first sentence I say is, hello, my name is Ramona, I am disabled, nice to meet you. So making it as, as open and simple of a conversation as, hey, how are you today? It's like, I'm disabled, what do you want to know about it? <laughs> like, That's cool. It shouldn't have to be this really awkward conversation of, I struggle to pour a bowl of cereal for 20 minutes and then someone finally goes, do you need help with that? can you see like just say it just say yeah. it <laughs> yeah I was gonna say as a person um a person that could help you if you're in a position what would what would be like an appropriate way for somebody to offer help always ask so just ask. um my the best way I can explain this is um 
when I get stressed, my eyesight decreases drastically, um, especially in low lighting. And I was at a disgrace event um, performing with the Scarlet Girls and my <laughs> disgrace had been my dream for about a year at that point, as in I would cry, cry over like even the idea of performing with disgrace. <laughs> and I was so nervous and so kind of I put so much pressure on myself that my vision just went mm. and I was sat backstage with all the girls and I was completely blind there was no light no shade nothing and I had never been in a, uh, in a group of people that have been so supportive and so like hey what do you need what can I do what can I get for you and the one thing that I re- this is why I remember it so much is that every single one of you mm. introduced yourselves before you spoke really that meant the world the worst thing as someone with vision is everyone talking and you're like who is everyone what what like what are people asking where's that sound coming from who's that every single one of you went hi it's b or hi it's talitha or hi it's becca and like said who you were Mm. and then spoke and said how can i help what can i do that made i've never had that experience and it was the best thing in the world <laughs> also, I didn't I didn't even so clock much. that at the time, but that's that's so wonderful that you remember that. I love that. I'm really proud of my team as well. <laughs> Our family, I should I say now, because we are a little family, aren't we? It was amazing. Like I think I remember someone got me a bottle of water, someone else was giving me a straight hug. You bless you were trying to do your makeup at the same time. So you were like, I wanna help you, but I need to get ready, but I wanna help you. Uh. <laughs> I know I kept running around I kept like sending people on missions it was it was it was a crazy (laughs) area as well that was a crazy disgrace and I was like oh 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 but you was just you were obviously our priority because we care about you and we love you (laughs) this is what humans need to be like absolutely it's so easy it honestly didn't I was stressed as hell it's my own event and I could have quite easily been like I'm so stressed I can't deal with this but it took just even a moment of being like you know what my event's important but also my friend here is important and she's having a hard time just taking that second out of your day just to because you I know that the world's not friendly towards you and it's definitely not going to help you Mm -hmm. get home so somebody has to so you're my friend therefore it's just instinct and I love that it comes out in our team I think that's fucking rad I, I really enjoy that as someone else that like you ran a company you've been part of companies I, I also run a company I would so much rather everybody else men night mm. than one person had a traumatic awful night I, I would so. so much rather say I'm really sorry guys you're continuing five minutes but like I need to look after this person I'm like we've all been in that situation even out clubbing with friends and yeah you've all had to like end the night because of one person and I'd so much rather do that then have that one person appreciate so many times at disgrace we've had one person on the door and they've been abandoned by their friends and we've had to look after them and i find it so upsetting even an able-bodied able-minded able person who would have been fine it's just horrendous that their friends have left them human beings just don't exactly. seem to care and it, it really makes me sad although we care so you know <laughs> I mean, humans are made to naturally be selfish because we need to look out for ourselves and we need mm. to, you know, look after ourselves. And, and, but, you know, why does that have to define our behavior? Just because we want to look after ourselves and we want to make sure that we're okay and put ourselves first, does that mean that we always have to do that? Yeah. Like, I don't. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I don't know. Spiritually, I feel like we all need to get on the same level as humans. We all need to be gosh darn kind. <laughs> we do. I think we've lost that kind of humanity, that kind of sort of spiritual, as you say, connection to other forms of yeah. life. People don't respect life anymore, I think. No, they really don't. They are. It, it's bizarre to me. You know, I see God knows how many things on Facebook every day um, in the performance community. And I just think, you know, stop. <laughs> yeah please. absolutely people Just be nice to each other there's there's bigger problems i mean i mean people being mean to each other is uh it's so it's so upsetting but like within the performance world there's things that we could be working together towards together such as of course yeah Ramona, i was going to ask you how do you feel about accessibility in venues because obviously you throw events you've been to events yeah. you must have some things to say on this oh my god okay poof I understand that not every single venue is going to be disabled accessible. I get that because the person running that event, it may have been the only venue that was free. It may have been the cheapest venue. It may have been, you know, the only venue they could get hold of. I'm not blaming the person. I'm blaming the people that build the damn venues. I have so many friends that cannot go clubbing because there is no lift. There is no um, rails. There's no... um, slopes so automatically wheelchairs getting carried everywhere what do you not want people doing in a nightclub a group of drunk people carrying a man on wheels oh my that God. ain't gonna end well no with wet floors i don't want drunk people not, carrying any human beings well. no <gasps> exactly imagine drunk people carrying on a wet slippery floor up stone steps a group like someone in a wheelchair oh. that's not gonna end well <laughs> never I, <laughs> like think about it it's it makes me think about I mean, that episode of sex education have you seen sex education no I, do you know what oh my I'm, god i uh, so recommend the it worst person with tv and film <laughs> oh watch it i highly recommend it Karen. oh um i mean think about face down for example is an amazing 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 night it's cracking again go to it after lockdown <laughs> um but my god there are so many stairs in that building. It is one of the most unaccessible buildings I've ever friggin' been in. It's very um, dangerous. Constant wet stairs. And in, oh, that sounds like a euphemism. Um, <laughs> and 
constant wet stairs and i'm you know in performance shoes or i'm just in regular shoes that's not safe for someone with visual impairments that's not safe for anyone um and i think it's also another thing where um you know the organization um make gigs safe for women oh yes i do i love them yes so i absolutely adore them um i have spoken to them so many times at different events Mm. um and it's almost the same premise of like make gigs safe for disabled people yeah it's the same premise of like in a mosh pit please be aware if there's a guy in a wheelchair don't batter him if there's a girl holding a cane don't batter her like just think about it or maybe if there's a mosh pit starting and you see someone with a blind cane maybe just say to them hey look there's a mosh pit going on would you like to be involved if not can i please move you to the side for safety reasons don't just leave them standing there thinking they're having a great time and then watch them get floored yeah (laughs) and don't just like move them as well yeah that's the worst thing people that's the other thing about drunk people they like to touch they like to grab things they like to put their hands on your face and like Mm. question everything and like play with your blind cane and use it like a sword and like drunk people are the worst with disabilities yeah um that's another reason why i've kind of stopped going clubbing or if i do i don't bring my equipment yeah Um, because it's gonna get broken and that's expensive equipment man (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not wasting money it must be so frustrating because it must happen to you in clubs but it must happen to you in daily life as well oh god yeah every single day it's just the world is not made to be accessible venues aren't made to be accessible clubs aren't made to be accessible transport isn't made to be accessible they claim it is but my god it's not no Um, oh everything i mean did you know that every um a, a bus driver if they see someone with a blind cane um they are legally meant to stop regardless of that bus stop and open the door and say hi where are you going if not where are you trying to go to and the name of the bus in 10 years of using a blind cane i have not once had a bus driver do that to me really there have been there's a video that someone with um with a visual impairment put up and it's a video of them stood at a bus stop for five hours and it's a time lapse of five hours and not one bus stops to ask where they want to go what the fuck like and then i'm late everywhere Uh, yeah absolutely how how the hell is this person supposed to know that the bus is coming that's so unfair and it would take the bus driver literally moments of his time again it's it's just it's the perceived inconvenience of helping someone but how awful must yeah. it be to be that person stood there with the visual impairment? I've been five fired hours. from jobs for being late. I can't, really? I can't drive. The only way I have to get around is bus. Hmm. I have been fired from jobs for being late. I miss appointments. I miss very important doctor's appointments for my disability because bus drivers are lazy bitches. <laughs> like, going to be open about it. That's I, something- I've never, ever, ever experienced it. Uh, that's not that's a knock-on that I'd never even consider because obviously we all know it's illegal to fire a person with a disability as one of the nine protected characteristics of the mm-hmm. Equality Act. But if the activities and, and, and consequences of people not helping you or the world not being being friendly or suitable for you to access, that that is not mm-hmm. protected, is it? It's not at all. It's not at all. There are so many things in this world that that people claim are fair and people you know with every aspect of work with sex 
sex work with disabilities with race with sexism especially mm. sexism there's so many things that people claim you know things have been put in place to make it more fair or things have been put in place to make things easier and that's such a lie because they might have been put in place that doesn't necessarily mean they work mm. there's a big difference between having something in place and having something in place that works yeah and it just angers me so much like i think it's really irrelevant but kind of not ages mm. ago you can sit with us um we were talking about mps mm. and i remember this you said that um to become an mp i think it was they had to get a letter from their doctor stating something about their mental health yeah I think and then so. we both yeah and then you were like oh but some of the mps are actually doctors so they just go to those mps yeah and like get a letter from them it's and, an like, exclusive see, club exactly there's a form in place for something to happen mm-hmm. but then there's a way around it so it never ends up happening and it's the same thing so you know it's in every single thing we do you know from ordering takeaway they say this is accessible because you can you can read it because it's large print and uh, it's just everything everything's effort in the world why do you think it's, it's, it's a similar thing whereas people don't consult the people who these changes are supposed to make it more accessible to they just kind of assume it will make it better for you but they don't actually ask you same as with sex workers they're like this will protect this will protect you but actually we have never asked any of you so we have no idea (laughs) haha yep it's it's so often i mean one of the fun things is when i was um a really young kid i was asked to come in for bbc bite size um and actually look at their website and tell them you know what didn't work for my vision and they actually changed it that's amazing amazing as a kid um you know i was on television when i was a <laughs> i was on television when i was about 13 no 12 years old i was on cbbc i'm not gonna say which show because everyone will go and google it and it's oh, embarrassing no. as heck it's on <laughs> um and it was really cool because everything we said hey we need this adapted or we need this changed they did it That's you know great. and that was really cool but then there were some things where like you said, with like sex work stuff, they just go, this will help them and never ask anyone. <laughs> That's so fucked How up. How you know? Have you had any positive experiences similar in your adult life or was it just more when you were kind of a minor and you were trying to learn to get around the world? Um, I think I had a lot of positive as a kid because I was cute. Um, <laughs> I was a small, I mean, you're still cute, babe. You're adorable. <laughs> um i was a small chubby blonde ball of of flubber with big round glasses and a big blonde bob and i had a cute little lisp and everyone loved me so i feel like everyone was super sweet because i was that cute little disabled kid Mm. now i feel like i have to fight more purely because i don't feel like my i don't feel like my disability is as obvious as it used to be when i was a kid um so automatically people think i'm more advanced at stuff but saying that i have some really really sweet moments with either other people with a disability or you know i'll be having a meltdown and my partner frank will say something really sweet about it or um even just walking into a room (sighs) okay the, the way i see it is the best feeling is feeling like you don't have it Mm. and that's not saying i don't want to feel like i have it that's not saying like there's something wrong with feeling it but when you don't feel like you have it 
you know you're on an equal playing ground with everyone you're with Correct. so yeah. when I have a conversation like when I go to the you can sit with us and we'd all sit there I didn't feel like I was disabled because I felt like everyone in that room was on an equal playing ground and that's yeah. the best feeling when you feel like everyone's equal everyone understands each other and then I left and I took that feeling with me for a good couple of hours and I felt friggin' banging about myself. So that's awesome. It's little situations like that. And I think everyone feels that, whether it's their mental health, whether it's um, their job, just everyone's had that moment where they've been with a group of people and they felt they haven't felt judged or they haven't felt like they have to keep up appearances or they haven't felt like they have to keep up a persona or they don't feel different. And they can just sit there and be like, cool we're all the same and be happy with it that's so fucking nice and that's how i kind of judge like friendships as well yeah which is quite easy do you do you find yourself to be quite insightful i suppose you've had to be very very cautious with friendships throughout your life yeah (laughs) yeah um i i had no friends growing up or a very 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 little Mm. um and the few the very few i had um you know I was very different from them so it was almost I was bullied a lot throughout my whole life and the friends that I did have it wasn't friends because we had anything in common or we you know could do anything together it was more just we were the loners we're going to be together Mm. which is sad reality for a lot of people um and on top of that the fact that I was extremely sexually active (laughs) for most of my childhood um which don't do it kids don't do it. Wait till you're 18. Stop it. Don't be naughty. Um, I, was, I was quite a hypersexual uh, child, which is weird because I've forgotten way less sexual as I get older. It's interesting, isn't it? Same. Mm. Literally same. Mm. I think it's also being a sex worker, it kind of it roots you a little bit. So you still express that sexual tension in more of a positive way. I was having this discussion the other day because I've managed to, I suppose, sex workers separate sexual thought with sexual actions because I can be acting sexy and be thinking about what I'm having for dinner. Thank you. I'm That's so it, glad right? someone else has friggin' said it. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> I have this conversation with my partner all the time. So, um, a question that everyone asks me is like, "But surely, like, you could just film yourself having regular sex?" And I'm like, "There's such a big difference between work sex and oh my personal god. sex." Yes. Thank you. It's so different. It yes. isn't just a matter of like just having a wank on a camera and being like, "Cool, done. I had a good time." Yeah. There's showmanship. It. there's planning to it. it i cannot tell you the amount of time i literally made a whipping video yesterday with my boyfriend and he was whipping me and i literally was lying there going i'm pretty sure the pork in the fridge is going to go off tomorrow so i'm probably <laughs> gonna have to cook that tomorrow <laughs> like that's what you do and i think it's also you know it's another thing that i think me and you have in common mm. is um our superpower as you like to call it yes our um, superpower Yes, autism power, punching the yeah, woo. And I <laughs> punching in social that... norms. <laughs> punching that autism into people's throats, woo. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like something that we also share where we have so many, I think you'll agree, we have so many thoughts going on. And oh, the that? minute a thought comes into your head, you want to like, you want to throw it out there. You want to say it uncensored. You're like, this is my thought. Take it or leave it. Fucking deal yeah. with it. Thank there's a lot, there's a lot in there. I've, I've got to get them out exactly or you interrupt people or like you talk over people because you're like this is my idea i'm gonna say it Boosh, yeah done. i do Thank all you. the time 
mm-hmm. and then people think you're rude or you're narcissistic or like you're just like interrupting people mm-hmm. and you're like no I'm just a lovely person with ideas but yeah I just didn't really that social norm doesn't stick in my head the waiting your turn I just never learned it it doesn't occur to me it's not in my exactly my neuro neurodivergent brain it just I just don't have it sorry about it but if you want to be my friend you just <laughs> kind of got to deal with it you know what I mean that's gonna make this whole podcast really confusing for everyone because it's gonna be <laughs> me and you having this weird autism throwing out word thing and no one else is gonna understand what's going on I um, like ad lib over all my stopped. guests it's so bizarre I'm always like yeah <laughs> awesome Brad it's like a fucking song <laughs> radical great <laughs> but that never stops and I think like during sex work especially it's still there yeah. it's not like with most people where you can just focus on it Mm. we still have those things going on in our brain we're still like "Ooh, is it sunny outside Ooh, what's for dinner mm, i wonder if my shower gels run out of date like yeah, we still 100%. have those things in our head all the time and I we can't stop it it's so. given us an advantage it definitely has in a way that i think i've i've also been so much more aware of my thoughts you know like i'm always aware oh, of them enough. and I, I feel like i've always had training or self-training to like manage them because they are unmanageable without training like obviously yep. so it's, an, it's another great way we've learned to compartmentalize from from a young age and then also being oh, hypersexual yeah. we were like hey these two things work really well together sex work so true yeah and i think it's also i you know i can't speak for you because everyone experiences things differently mm. um but i always found that i either had really really strong personal emotional connections with things or mm. i had none yeah it was one or the other mm-hmm. it was never in the middle so for me i all i had to do was take sex work from the personal and just shove it in the non that's Same. all i had to do i was having was bad sex okay. with no feelings for free and i was like wait i'm gonna get paid i feel that <laughs> i so feel that that i you know i actually went to a doctor when i was younger um i was about 18 and i went to a doctor and i said i'm having sex with people and i feel nothing i feel no stimulation i feel no feeling at all yeah i don't get wet i don't do anything nothing's happening why is nothing happening Mm. exactly and he's like oh you're just not putting emotional connection with it and i was like hold up (laughs) i was like wait what is that normal and he was like yeah that's that that's normal your condition and then over the years i've just learned to use that to my you know my advantage and now i can enjoy personal sex but i also have this weird other side that isn't 100%. 100%. I was literally journaling about this this morning. I'm trying to, after a, 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 a bit of an abusive, I'll say a bit of, I try and play it down. I don't know why. Absolutely. It was a horribly abusive relationship. And Don't play it down, girl. Be yeah. honest. I still, I, still, I still protect my abuser. How crazy is that? I'm still Stockholm Syndrome. Stop it! I know, it was brutal. It was brutal. And I, I've had to reattach intimate sex again. I've had to like relearn it again because it, it's not a natural yeah. thing for me. And it was taken away and I, I took it away as a coping mechanism, as a defense to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So I managed to protect myself yeah. from the sexual side of the abuse, but it now means I have the extra work to put it back together again, which is something that I think mm-hmm. people, a lot of people could never even comprehend. I actually spoke about it on another podcast recently. Like people just don't see how we can separate it out. But to me, it's always been that way. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's a coping mechanism that was almost there that no one really noticed. So yeah. we were probably using it before we even knew it was a coping mechanism. 100%. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I never, ever, 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 ever like to compare abuse or, or traumatic situations because there is no comparison. Incomparable, people, that right? try to compar- <laughs> people that try and comparison them are stupid as hair. Yeah. Um, but you can at least try and relate. And mm. I mean, I've been through traumatic experiences. I've had things done to me that, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hell no. Mm-hmm. But 
I didn't know that I was putting those things into place until years after I look back on it and I go that was traumatic but like I feel like that should have affected me more and then I was like oh wow I was putting those steps in without even noticing oh my god so you're right we cannot turn it off it's just there yeah it's the default neuro it's the default setting for us whereas for neurotypical people it's the other way around and that's too I feel like that's quite common I feel it's very common I find it interesting how people consider autism because I consider it a superpower uh, a, a disability mm-hmm. because it's literally just a difference of brain it's a spectrum right yeah but that's kind of the same with, with albinism it's not a disability it's a difference of of physical mm. stuff yeah they're all it's just a, differences it's I feel a like disability variety. is just a word for different yeah it, I feel it's like disability should be used in a term as as in the world makes me disabled because it means the world is not friendly towards me. Yeah. I, I'm not the one that's broken. The world is just not made for me. Right. Exactly. Hmm. And it's, 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 it's one of those weird things. Like the world likes putting labels on things. Yeah. Um, that's all it is. The world likes putting labels on gender. The world likes putting labels on sexuality. The world likes putting labels on jobs and disabilities and all that mm-hmm. jazz. So it's just another name for a difference. And like I said at the very start, people struggle with things that might not be a diagnosed disability, but yeah. it's still something that they really, really, really struggle with. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. I mean, like I had autism my whole life and I wasn't diagnosed till I was, what, 20? Yeah, like So... Uh, adult adult because in girls it also the symptoms are are very different and especially just in depends on your social circumstances your your privilege Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know some people will probably never receive a diagnosis yeah i think me and you we as women and both as people we we almost adapted quite quickly through our our lives and because i think it's also part of being a performer you're very aware of of the people around you because that's how you perform you create characters that way and you create acts that way mm. exactly and you're very aware of people's energy and, and behavior mm. because that's how you work as a performer because you then embody that on stage yeah. so i think me and you were very hyper aware throughout our lives and we we learned very quickly and that's probably another reason why it was so difficult to diagnose is because me and you we fit in pretty damn well when you yeah. wouldn't necessarily go that person has autism i think it's a stereotype for autism is that they lack empathy or they lack emotional um, maturity or something but i think yeah. again it, again that exhibits so differently person to person because my younger brother is also autistic but i would say his emotional mm-hmm. intelligence is very high and that's because i think my parents focused on it when they were growing up so i think mm-hmm. it's another instance of the world is not working on behalf of those children that's really true. Yeah. That's really, really true. Uh, it's another one of those things where, like, there's something in place mm. to help people with it, but does it work? Yeah. No. There you go. <laughs> it's it's, it's been over. And it's been the same way for so many years. I feel like ugh, we invent, we've just invented uh, an internet connection that can tra- download 10,000 HD movies in a second, but we cannot revolutionize our political or educational system, which has literally been the same for like 100 years more. That angers me so much. So, so like, a little fun fact about me. Yes. I do not watch TV, uh-huh. ever. I do not, like, I cannot name you any modern television shows other than Tiger King. <laughs> um, because all I watch is old TV shows and old films. Yeah. My, all I watch is, like, Monty Python, Blackadder, um, On the Buses, any Carry On film, anything Gene Wilder, 
anything, you know, drop dead Fred, anything along those like bottom, anything along those lines, that's, that's all I watch cool. and I watched on repeat because that's what I enjoy. Mm. So to me, I'm like fully unaware on what the heck's going on in the world, like TV and film wise. So when they're like, no. there's a new broadband that's really great and you can have really quick Netflix and I'm like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck with my VHS of like the Holy Grail. I'm good with that. You enjoy your internet. Oh um, my gosh. I don't got a VHS player. Gain anything from it. <laughs> huh? Have you still got your VHS player? Yeah. How do you still wind your tapes back? Is it eating any of your tapes? I remember that really. Do you know what? I very oh. rarely use it because I'm scared. I'm yeah. so scared of it breaking. I'm Pull so scared my mum's house. And it's all, all the um, tapes just out. Oh, so I even still, at my mum's house, I have the original Xbox with the original controller, with the original Halo, and it's cool. literally my favourite thing ever. That and the, and the original Rayman and Zelda. I, mm. like, I love playing all uh, games. I've got Pokemon Yellow up on my shelf, and I just like playing it. <laughs> so simple. Not even coloured. Not even it's great. I feel like I've been like a 30-year-old woman my whole life. Like when I was 12, <laughs> I had a DS and I had an interior design game. If that oh. doesn't explain what type of a person I am. <laughs> I had the mystery game. I what watched... was the mystery one? And, you had, and it was like black and white and you had to solve mysteries. I don't know. Oh my God, but stop it, wasn't... it. I remember that. Did you play that? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But I was that weird person that was like into serial killers and old like films and history and interior design and I was a 40 year old man in like a 10 year old's body and that's still me so the thought of like I gain nothing from high-tech internet I gain other than you know sex work I gain nothing from these tv shows I gain nothing from all this money being spent but I do gain from the mental health system and the education system and all that jazz so why isn't like that affects a lot more people than all the other stuff that money spent on a hundred percent. I just don't get it. <laughs> why, I don't why, understand this world. why do people not want the world to be nice for everyone? I mean, I thought the point of being such an advanced civilization is we solve the problems that most mammals have, which is reproduction, yeah. food, shelter. We solved all those problems only to mm-hmm. leave some people without those problems solved. There's enough resources to solve those problems for everyone. We just choose not to. But we just don't. Right? Why not? Why not? Why the fuck, dude? I mean, I'm not advocating for <laughs> communism because that had its time and it fell. I'm not advocating for any yeah. current system that still exists. I'm just advocating oh, yeah. for people to do better. Right? Yeah. There is nothing wrong with wanting to do better. As a, as a person, as a community, as mm. a government, there's nothing mm. wrong. I mean... Like I said earlier, knowledge is power. Trial and error, like, gets you so many different places. Oh, yeah. Even as a person in this, like, in the industry that we're in, even, what, 10 years down the line for you, you are still learning every day. I'm only two years in, I'm still learning every day. The Mm. government is still learning every day. Yeah. But it's up to you whether you want to apply that. And at the moment, the government, lovingly, is Mm. not. So, Ramona, I have an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. As a person who grew up with your disability and a visual impairment and probably a, a world that wasn't very friendly towards you, um, what mm-hmm. is your relationship with the process of learning? For example, obviously the process of learning involves failures, it involves setbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you have a more positive or at least a different relationship with the learning process due to the fact that the world was probably harder for you to learn things in anyway? Um, yes, and yes and no. Yeah. I think I, I 
I've learned to learn things quicker. Mm. I think that's partly to do with my autism as well as my vision, mm. because I, I don't know about you, I find myself a very logical person. If Likewise. something doesn't make logical sense, I get mad. Yeah, like, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. There's no steps. There's, there's a step missing. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing 12 steps, God damn it! Like, I'll be in a friendship group and people will go, let's go do this on Wednesday and let's go to the, like, the pool at three and then we'll go bowling at four. And I'm like, that makes no logical sense because this has to work for that to go. And then people get mad at me because yeah, I'm become being a party pooper and I'm like, I'm no, just trying logic. to make it easy. Mm. It's easy. I want it God easy. Damn it. <laughs> I just want to help. Yeah. Like, that's how my brain works. So if I'm in the middle of a, of a situation and something isn't going right, because I'm a very logical person, I'm the first person to go, this is how we solve it. This is what we do. This makes the most sense. Mm. So that's always helped me to learn very, very quickly. I've always been throughout my whole childhood in primary school and secondary school. You know, I was one of the top people in my class. I was the nerd. I was learning things very, very quickly. Um, whereas things with my vision, mm. I have to learn quickly. If I don't learn quickly, I, I can harm myself. I can end up in a difficult situation you know things can get dangerous or things just don't happen if I mm. don't teach myself to cut apples I can't eat an apple if I don't cut my teach myself to cook I can't cook so mm. you have to push yourself to learn very very quickly and then when you do fail you have to continue otherwise mm. you're, you're never going to be able to achieve this really normal everyday thing yeah whereas with performing because it's not a necessity and it's not something that I, I need to do. It's something that I want to do. Mm. When I fail, I feel, you know, I, I have um, also, yay, more problems, bipolar and depression and anxiety. So I can have an absolute meltdown and, you know, sit there and wallow away in self-hatred. Like I've, I've, I've texted you one day and been like, I want to stop this. I don't know what to do. Mm, I understand um, you. So, but that's not because it's something I need to do. That's something I want to do. It's a passion. So it's, You've got a different yeah. relationship with it, for sure. If I'm passionate about something, I normally have a very, very negative reaction to failing. Mm. If it's something that, like, I need to learn this or I cannot live, mm. then when I fail, I'm like, nope, got to get back up, got to do it. Otherwise, I can't have dinner. Like that's another interesting instance of you compartmentalizing processes. Exactly. That mm. I, I know... You know what? I've never noticed that I do it in so many different formats. You do. And I think once you actually sit down and you look at your behavior as a whole, whether you have autism or a disability or whatever, even if it's just a person, mm. sit down and look at your behavior. Yeah. Because you understand yourself so much more. Oh my God, so And much. then it's so much easier to go like, I'm having a meltdown right now. Why am I having a meltdown? Yes. This is the reason. How can I then stop that meltdown? And you understand yourself so much better than sitting with a therapist for five days going, well, I feel sad sometimes. And then there's like, mm. just sit down, look mm. at your patterns of behavior, look at your emotions, try and connect them. And you learn about yourself. And it questioning. That was one of the things that got me through so much anger and hurt and, yeah. and upset and all that jazz. I'm sure you've probably, you know, been through a really similar experience. A hundred percent. I've been doing it very, a lot, a lot recently during lockdown. We've had a lot of kind of procrastination time. And I've been thinking mm -hmm. a lot about how human beings don't sit with their own thoughts anymore. Everyone's always distracted on their phone or on their TV mm -hmm. or, and nobody sits with their thoughts and analyzes why they behave the way 
they behave all of our behaviors conditioned let's face it like yeah we didn't just magically pull our personality as it is today out of our assholes mm-hmm. <laughs> out of the air we didn't pull it out of nowhere it was punched in there by, <laughs> by other people by experiences so to sit down and analyze where that came from is i think the most powerful thing you can do for yourself is to t- take control yeah. of your own experiences because a lot of people will feel like they've had experiences that they've been out of control in so oh, to gorgeous. take that back and to analyze it is takes the power back exactly and going back to what i said at the start it's a, it's a reason why both me and talitha don't drink is you want to be in control of yourself at all points in time because what if you are out drinking and something happens mm. and you know you're too drunk to put in those steps you're too drunk to stop yourself or to help yourself mm-hmm. i always want to be in a position where i'm at the best possible place i can be to help myself if something goes wrong or something happens and I, I need myself yeah um and drinking not only wastes my money but puts me in a space where i can't do that and i yeah. want to be safe you know especially with my vision you rely I don't want to get worse vision. exactly you, so you deserve that the, time to give to yourself that kindness the best person to help yourself is you yeah that's what i've learned over the years i yeah. i tried to rely on so many people for my vision and my mental health and it comes down to to you looking after you yeah. whether that's taking a bath and putting on some music whether that's that's what i said to you the other day i was like you do put on some music have a bath listen I, to this song what i had a wash actually i washed like my my hair and my face which i never do at the same time so i was like oh i felt better it's just those things that you let slip isn't it <laughs> Exactly. I mean, one thing that you do that I advocate so much to people is keeping a journal yeah. or like a diary or I'm something obsessed. to write your down. Obsessed. Because I forget. I, I, I have ADHD as well and I forget. I genuinely forget. And it's the one thing that's really helped me take a hold of being like, I've been here before. I've been in yeah. this low place before. I will come out of it again. I'm aware that it will happen. It will, this too shall pass. Say that. You know, you can you can go through that book and spot yeah. patterns. Yes. You, you'll look back at yourself in a month ago and you'll go, this is a clear pattern. I mm-hmm. can now see where I went wrong. And you can see your thoughts and you can say, okay, this is a recurring negative thought that I clearly need to address. Or this mm-hmm. is a recurring positive thought that I can work on. Like, I honest, even if you don't have a journal or you can't get hold of a book at the moment or you don't have the money, go, do it on the notes on your phone. Yeah. Do it on the diary on your phone. Anywhere. On the like, back of the old bills. Anywhere. You've got a pen and a piece of paper. Literally. Get the words out of something. your brain. Out of your brain. Make a little post. My friend used to have a post-it note wall. Um, you know, my other friend, um, she used to do little notes on Braille. Yeah. And hide them in little places. And they were little positive things. Or maybe they would, they'd be like, remember this negative thought. Don't do this. Or like, do this. And I honestly advocate it so much. I mean, I'm even thinking of just getting a, when I move house, getting a whole load of people round and sitting everyone in the garden and being like, you're going to today, you're just going to focus on writing things. And that's it. That'd you're going to write things as a group. We're going to talk about things. Like gonna, a self-healing like, circle. Exactly. Because Love we that. don't have them. We don't have any safe spaces. We and don't. some people, you know, might sit at home and go, I want to do this writing thing. I want to write down my feelings. I want to write down my emotions, but I don't know where to start. And they don't have that motivational push yeah. to do it. It is hard to know where to start. I just start writing now because I literally just ramble words. But a lot of people wouldn't yeah. know or even feel comfortable being that vulnerable to start with. It's, it's difficult until exactly. you see someone else do it and then you're like, oh, I can do that. Seeing something, I mean, make something exist is so much more possible. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. make it creative. If you're not comfortable with being, you know, straight down, open and honest, yeah. maybe make a, like, make a poem, make a song. Yes. Make something artsy 
that you can put those things in as like an underlying message and then you're slowly you know. more and more used to talking about things openly yeah. like I my my parents well my dad's a musician um so I've always done music and I, I used to write songs and then I started doing poetry I know that you've done a lot of poetry um like literally sing dance whatever you need to do to get that emotion out and then you'll get more used to writing it down just directly the arts really so, helps with that doesn't it oh god so much so so much I know you know me and Talitha both trained um as professional dancers our whole lives in like ballet and tap and stuff mm. um and it's all graded so it never gives you an outlet to be emotional but the minute you start doing it on your own in your bedroom you know hire a little space out do it in your garden do it in your kitchen when you're cooking I do you, like exactly you get it's so, so much freeing a hundred percent Ramona, I've had so much yourself. fun talking to you. I think you are. You are one of the most interesting people that I know. You really are. It, oh, and I don't mean that in a fetishizing way, but you have so many dimensions <laughs> to your life. And you are of such a young age, and you're going to do so much in your life. You are going to go so far. Aww. You are. Thank you. Do you have anything, That's exciting. anything that we haven't covered that you want to tell our beautiful listeners? In the words of my musical icon, Frank Turner, Love be him. more kind. Yeah. Um, two things that I recommend doing, well, three things I recommend doing during quarantine. One, listen to the album No Man's Land by Frank Turner. It is an album dedicated to women. Every What's single that? song is about a different woman. It's about her story, about how she um, lived, about what she accomplished for women. Um, so listen to that album honestly if you want to feel empowered as a woman check it out love it um the song be more kind which was literally written during trump being elected be more kind just uh, do it that's what mm -hmm. you've got to do i do not care if you're lazy i don't care if you're busy just be that, nice to like the woman in the shop it, it takes more effort to clean. exactly like just be kind and also like talk to people not even people talk whether that's to a notebook whether that's someone on facebook whether that's facetime a friend whether it's meet your neighbors for god's sake we've been living right. next to these people this whole time talk to them mm -hmm. they might end up being dicks in the end but at least you tried like, you tried humanity doesn't connect anymore exactly Aww. everyone's saying what would we do without social media and i'm like we talk what we used to do, which was turn up on time and, and meet our friends. Yes. Obviously not right now, but you know. Yeah. Oh. Ramona. Yeah. Thank You're you. You're so lovely. <laughs> what are you doing this oh, afternoon? Oh, what you. are you doing this, this fine evening now even? Ooh, this fine evening. I will be creating some content in my, my hot, sweaty bedroom. Yeah, um, sexy. I will be... <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. I will be trying to spend some time with my lovely boyfriend who has been patiently sitting in the other room during all this <laughs> has he um has he been high as heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just give him a joint um, it'll be fine <laughs> exactly he'll be content um and i'm trying to do a instagram takeover for um an agency that i am now working with Love. which is rebellion creative um and chilling out and looking after myself because that's what everyone should be gosh darn doing amen sister please <laughs> ramona where can we find you on the internet 
Oh, so you can find me on Instagram um, really? at Ramona underscore underscore flow because Two apparently the other one was taken. Motherfucker. Um, um, I have an OnlyFans. If you want to go and see some short blonde girl power magic jazz. Yes. Um, <laughs> If you um, want to check out our company, um, Scarlet, that is at underscore Scarlet with two R's um, because double the fun. And yeah, double R. You... <laughs> um, and if you have any questions, my email is always up. Um, feel free to DM me any questions about disability, about getting into sex work, about anything even if it's just what do i do today i will freaking help you i will tell you what to do <laughs> you're very helpful you you take advice very well and you give advice very well you, you're just a very good communicator ah thanks one of the joys we both we both have i think i think so i think so i think we should do we should do a podcast episode or something like that and, and then maybe frank can be your your um your nominated smoker <laughs> <laughs> my friend did that with a, sure. with a with a with a drunk cast, but one of my friends didn't drink, therefore he had a he had a nominated drinker. So Frank, if you're a nominated stoner, and then <laughs> we shall so do that. I think that's such a cute idea. I, I love that. Cute. Ramona, thank also, you, you so have much. to come over and fix my garden. Yes, can we yes, do it in the garden? You. We have to do it in the garden. All yes, the, when all this Let's do it, Let's do it. over. Ah, oh, Queen, <laughs> thank you so much. You're an absolute gem and a diamond. I love you so much. You take care of yourself, okay? I love you too. I love you. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.